0: But we'll we'll remember maybe later. I just want to to, to just give you some things about why we're doing certain things here at Church Triumph and why um, we started the series a a few months ago or a few weeks ago. And Patrick did an incredible job last week, um, talking about why we worship and what worship looks like. And if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go online and check that out. Or buy the CD in the in the resource ministry there, the second door, out the out the thing there. We've moved offices this week. It used to be the one closest to these two double doors. Now it's the one on the opposite side of the hallway. Um, and get a CD. I'm telling you, it will, it will minister to you, and it will help you keep some things straight about what worship is and what worship should look like in your everyday life. And uh, it was just really, really, really good. So um, I appreciate Patrick doing that, and he's disappeared on me again. Um, but I want to reiterate a couple of things. We're talking about why we do certain things here at Church Triumphant. And what I want to say about that is we haven't got it all figured out. And because we do it the way we do it does not mean we think that this is the only way people can, 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 can worship Jesus. It's not the only way to uh, have church. It's not the only way. But this is what God has called us to be, called us to do. This is the way, he's, this is, this is the way that fits for Church Triumphant you may, you may go to church that's very liturgical, and maybe you're just here checking us out this morning. You know what? That's okay. I pray with some pastors every week that we all do a little bit differently. And so our, our, our deal is not to, 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 to endeavoring to, to cover this. Our hope is trying to help you understand why well, we do what we do and not to look down on somebody else the way they do it. Are you with me? Because if, if, if we are all adhering to this, if we all believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the only way, the only truth, and the only life, if we believe that, that he's coming again, if we believe he was born of a virgin, if we believe these very important things, the other stuff is just stuff. If we believe it's the Holy Spirit that regenerates a human soul, then everything else is just stuff. At the same time, we've got to have some scriptural basis for why we do what we do. And how we look at things. And so I want you to, if you want to, just turn to me real real quick to Romans chapter 14. We'll talk about that really quickly and then do some specifics about what Church Rampant is about. Um, Romans 14, 1 through 6, says these words Receive one who is weak in the faith, but don't dispute over doubtful things, he says. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you, look at these these words, who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, I love these words right here, indeed he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. This is found in a book, the book of Romans. It's called the Magna Carta of Christian faith, some people refer to it as. It's the basis of everything important in scripture you will find in the book of Romans. It's like the the, the basic legal document of Christian faith. And in here, Paul takes some time and says, listen, there are some things you should get crazy about and amped up about, and there are other things that you just shouldn't get all amped up about. Do you read that there? See, he was having issues with people of tradition, different traditions within the church. Some of them thought you should eat certain meats. Some of them thought you shouldn't eat certain meats. Some of them thought certain days should be observed. Others thought other days should be observed. And it was causing all this friction and division and things within the church. And Paul says, listen, that's really not important, okay? It's not that big of a deal. What is important is the life of Christ being birthed in every believer and that they find the basis of all that they do in the scriptures. And... You know, he, he said, listen, it's God who judges. Don't judge another man's servant. And so I, I say that to say, you know, sometimes we just re- really amped up about things that are not things God's getting amped up about. And sometimes we don't get amped up about things God is getting amped up about. So let's keep the main things the main things, and let's understand why we do what we do and not look down on somebody because they do it differently or other than the way we do it. Um. You know, we, we've, we've got some very strong uh, beliefs. And then we have some very strong traditions and just ways of doing things that aren't necessarily that big of a deal. Okay? Um, but there are things in Scripture that, that, that I think tell us, at least has been given to us, that we should concentrate on as church triumphant. Okay? One of those things is corporate prayer. And I ask you, why is there an emphasis here at Church Rambling on corporate prayer? Why is that a big deal? Well, we were talking about this this week at the, at the pastor's prayer, break, prayer ministry this week. All ministry, including the early church, has a foundation of prayer. Without prayer, no ministry happens, it just doesn't. Jesus, think about this Jesus took time to pray the Son of God, the God-man, the man who was fully God and fully man, he had to take time to pray. I was talking to a, a pastor this week. We were talking about the necessity of that as, as ministry leaders, and he, he had the privilege in 1980-something to go visit Dr. Paul young Cho's church in South Korea, Seoul, South Korea. For those of you who don't know who Dr. Paul young Cho is, I think he changed his name to David now, isn't it? Something like that. He, 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 he pastors the largest church in the world not just in South Korea, the, enlar- the largest church in the world, like 750,000 members or something like that, over a million now. And so this guy has a full plate. It was asked of him, and he writes books and travels, and he does all kinds of things. It was asked of him, what's your secret? And he said these words, there is no secret. He said, I am so busy, listen to these words, I am so busy, how many of you guys are busy? You got busy lives? anyway. I am so busy, I am so busy, I cannot spend less than three hours a day praying. Just let that sink in for just a minute. We believe here that prayer is very important. The book of Acts, everywhere in the book of Acts, the church drew together to pray. We read in Acts chapter 2 last week. In Acts chapter 1, there's a passage in Acts chapter chapter 1, verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem and found the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. When they had entered, they went up in the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Okay? Now listen to these words. These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Jesus had just left the planet. He's getting ready to launch the church, and he calls them to a place where they gather and they continuously pray. They kept in one accord in prayer and supplication. When Jesus starts the church that way, his intention is the church stays there. Acts chapter 2. We read about that a few weeks ago. Acts chapter 4. Corporate prayer is important. And being let go, Peter and John were in trouble. They had healed a guy. The the Sadducees and the Pharisees didn't like it. They were brought before the council. They've been told not to preach in Jesus' name. They go back, and what they do? They have a prayer meeting after this is over. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, Being let go, they went to their own companions, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said of them. And when they had heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. Verse 29 says, Now, Lord, look on their threats, and grant to your servants that they may speak your word with boldness. And they keep praying, and listen to these words. And when they had prayed, verse 31, the place where they had together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Maybe, Paul talked about a minute ago. Where's Paul? Paul talked about a minute ago about Sharing the Lord of the, the Word of God without fear, sharing the gospel without fear. Maybe, just maybe, you would be less fearful about sharing your faith if you would lock in with other Christians and get into a time of prayer and ask God to do what Austin talked about. Get out and go do something about it. If your spiritual life lacks power, it probably lacks prayer. If your spiritual life lacks boldness, it probably lasts connect, it probably lacks connectedness to your father. Now, you got to do it on your, own, on, on your own time, but you need to do it when the corporate body gets together. And there's opportunities to do that. We have a prayer meeting once a month on a Saturday morning where we ask everybody to come and pray. Just once. And we, we pray for about an hour, hour and a half, two hours sometimes. One time a month. I don't think that's too much to ask of the people of God to come together for a couple of hours a month and pray. But there's also a prayer meeting every Sunday morning from 730 to 830. You know what? You should get involved in a connecting a connection group. Do you know what connection groups do? They pray together. They seek the Lord about things together and they pray for one another. And it's important for us to be a part of it. That's why corporate prayer is emphasized here at Church Triumph, because we can't accomplish anything without first having a foundation of prayer. We we can spin our tires, we can do all sorts of things. And what's true for the, the church is true for the individual. The more connected you are to the person of Christ, the more The of a prayer life you have, the more productive you're going to be as a Christian. That's just being honest. Are you everything you need to be, Aaron? No, absolutely not. But I'm trying to figure out how to get more connected to Jesus every day. We have an intercessor's ministry, and and, and, an important thing of that is there, there are some people who are just called to pray. That's their deal. That's a ministry for them. They, they are called to be a watchman on the wall. Ezekiel twenty two thirty 30 says, I sought for a man to stand the gap. And the, the sad thing about that passage is he says, I found none. But you know what I've noticed lately? There are people stepping up to the plate to pray. There's men. This is the amazing thing. There are men stepping up to the plate and praying. I walked in the prayer meeting last Sunday morning. More guys at prayer meeting on Sunday morning than women. That's awesome. We're getting somewhere when that starts happening. There's more guys being assembled to this intercessors team. Watch out! Watch out! It's about to get crazy in here, and I'm excited for that, huh? Listen, we we emphasize these things because God emphasizes these things. You know, I talked about connection group. Why is that important? You know what? We believe the way God started the church is the way He intended it to function. And if He started meeting in the temple and in a house to house to get together and discuss the Apostles' doctrine and have fellowship and pray together and go out and do ministry together, then that's how He intended it to go. That's how He intended it to keep going. Now, it may take a little different shape than what it did back in those days, but that's kind of the basis. And listen, I know I hit this all the time, but I'm telling you something. A connection group is good for you. And there's a line on here that says, can you serve in ministry and, and, and not be a connection group? It's happened, and it does happen, but that's not our hope. We realize some of you have, 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 have schedule issues. We desire you to be connected more we desire to use you. We desire you to have every tool, every weapon necessary for you to be a productive Christian in life, not just a church triumphant. That's just my desire. And I'd much rather you, if you have to choose between two, I'd much rather you choose to be a part of a connection group than participate in ministry. That's just me. Because you know what? One of these days, we might be able to assemble in a church like this freely. I pray it doesn't happen. But whatever ministry you're involved in, is it going to help you get through? Because it won't be there anymore. But the connectedness you have with a small group of people who love you and care about you and will walk with you, that will sustain you through a time like that. And so I'm just being i, I Can I be honest? You want know you know to find out? As I was thinking about this this week. Even other people are figuring it out that connection. Weight Watchers has figured out that a connection to a group of people is good for your kind of way to keep you going in the right direction. Can you think about that? Dave Ramsey, he's gonna give you the whole when you take by that package for IW or for FPU, he's gonna give you the audio version of every class. So you could just buy the kit and not be here. But he tells you in the video, he said, listen, it's good for you to be here because you need a small group of people because they're gonna break up into groups every every Wednesday night and, and, and discuss where you at, ask you how you're doing, do some facilitation and help you stay accountable to keep following on the path. And that's what a small group is all about. It's like, listen, I got struggles, I got issues, I need that. I need a connection group, I need to have a connectedness to the Body that's beyond just looking at the back of somebody's head singing a pew in front of me. That's just the truth. And when people like that start figuring out, well, Weight Watchers has got it figured out better than the church does, we got a problem. You see what I mean? And so, why do we do that? And that's really important. You know, there's a couple questions here. I'm not gonna answer all those. Why well, have organized and planned fellowships? We just want to connect you guys. Better. Listen, here's, here's my belief. Every bit of ministry, every bit of ministry. We're doing IWT. They, they, they want you to institute at every church a small group thing for follow-up for every person who comes forward because they say this, discipleship happens best within the context of relationship. And our job as a, as a church is to develop a discipleship plan that institutes small groups that we don't already have them for teens, for children, for people. And we have to submit that to the IWT office, let them know how we're going to do it, how we're going to plug in, what materials we're going to use to help disciple people, and all that sort of thing. Because they say, this is the best way it happens. Now, we do fellowships and things like that because we need to create an atmosphere where there's more friendship, more relationship, more connectedness, more, more people around you that you can pick up the phone and go, you know what, I'm really struggling here. Or God can nudge you on the shoulder and say, you know, that person you talked to Sunday at that that, that, that thing, and they try to talk to you about what they're struggling with. Won't you call them right now and ask them if they're doing okay and ask them if you can pray for them? Let's see how they're doing. Wouldn't we all function a little bit better if we just did that kind of stuff? Wouldn't we all get along a little bit better? Wouldn't we make it a little further down the scriptural path, the journey of, of faith that Jesus has us on if we just did stuff like that? See, we can't stay isolated and just do functional, mechanical Christianity and really make it. We've got to get life on life. We've got to get love on love. We've got to get person on person. We're never going to make it without that. We can't stay in unity unless we have that. We just can't. And that's why we do those kinds of things, you know. I I don't know where I'm going. I have no idea, but you know, I think we we've 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 got to we got to we got to concentrate on what Jesus says is important stuff. I, I appreciate what Paul had to say about doing doing Bibles. I appreciated what Austin had to say about about going on those, that treasure hunt and praying and then going out and see what God would do. I appreciate what Jason, Andrew, Jason Andrews and, and Tanya had to say today about being used of God in their everyday life because you know what? We have absolutely got to be outreach focused. In case you don't know about it, I'm just going to let you know right now, you're called to the kingdom of God not for your own good. You're called to the kingdom of God for the good of other people. You're called because Jesus loves you, and he intends to change your life, and he intends to use you to change somebody else's life. You're not responsible for changing them. You're just responsible to to, to be used by him to help them get to the connection, get to the place they need to be. And so outreach absolutely has to be a part of it. Our minds have to think in outreach all the time. And I'm not talking about programmed outreach, always. I'm talking about the Jason Andrews stopping by the side of the road. I'm talking about the Austin. What's your last name, Austin? I forget all of a sudden, Huh? Austin Miller. I, I... Saying God, I'll just I'll go on a Saturday night and I'll not go out. I'll go pray and go find somebody. I'm talking about the neighbor across the street that you know has need. We got to have that. You know why do we have that focus? Because that was Jesus' example. Jesus said, "I I didn't come in the world to to, to condemn. Well, I came in the world the world might be saved. I come in the world to serve, not to be served. I come and we got to ha- we got to follow that. It can't be about us. It can't be what we're doing. It's got to be about what God wants and what, what, what other people need. And once we get that down, we're going to be headed somewhere." The Great Commission promises it, that we should, be at, we should be doing that. He said, he said, go and go and preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16 says. And the Bible says, when we go, he'll work alongside of us. Did you know that? He said, you will lay hands on sick people and they'll recover. He said, listen, you'll cast out demons. He said all these things. And he said, you know what else, you know what else he said? The Bible says, and the Lord worked with them confirming his word. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit here, but I think, you know what? We've only scratched the surface because you know what we do? We we expect God to come here and show up here, and God says, it's not about coming here. It's about going there. And I think we really want to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I think we get busy about going out there and then ask God to do what, what Austin talked about and say, God, just show me who it is today. I'll go do it. Well, you're psychic. No, Jesus informed me of what's going on. And then, wow, watch out. Ah, oh, you see what I'm saying? The apostle Paul said, listen, I become all things to all men. I might win some of them. He said, Paul said, it's not about me. It's about them. It's not about what I do. It's about what they need. It's not about. That's, that, that's our example. That's why we, we should be outreach. focused. That's why we want to be outreach focused here. And I don't want it to be, again, I don't want to be about a program. Well, let's do this. Let's do that. You know what? You are the program. You are the outreach mechanism. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus said. God's got you at a job. He's got you placed in a neighborhood. He's put you in a family because He intends for you to do something about the people around you, to be salt and light in their life. Your life is not secular. There's not like, you don't have like this secular, I mean, you might have a secular profession, but you're not secular in your profession. You're spiritual in your profession because you're a spiritual being. God's affected you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, what Patrick talked about last week is absolutely true. Your worship becomes a lifestyle, and suddenly your whole life becomes an offering to God, and you're being used at the retail establishment. You're being used in the factory. You're being used at the gas station. You're being used across the back fence in the neighborhood. You're being used, and all of a sudden, man, it just happens. That's what I believe. I believe. You know, I, I think that's where we'll stop. I want to ask you a question. Who, we, th- I was going to do this next week, but I'll just do it now since I thought of it. There, there, there's this, a part of IWT is this thing called I, Operation Andrew. You guys, how many of you guys were here in May when Joel, uh, what's Joel's last name? McGill. Joel McGill was here and did, did our IWT launch. You guys remember that? He came and shared the vision of Impact World Tour, and, and we gave some money, and we filled out cards. Part of that thing, and the, the most important part of that thing, is he, he passed out these cards called Operation Andrew cards. Got five slots on it. You know who Andrew was? Anybody know who Andrew was? Somebody tell me who Andrew was. Who's Andrew from the Scriptures? Andrew's Peter to Jesus. Who was Peter to Andrew, Dr. Lockwood? He was his brother. Now, here's the deal. The first outreach recorded in the New Testament was not a function. was not a crusade. It wasn't a church service. It wasn't uh, anything like that. It was this guy named Andrew who had a brother named Peter who met Jesus and said, Dude, I've got to introduce you to this guy. You won't believe it. And the first outreach was a life-on-life connection between somebody who already had a sphere of influence with somebody else. That's ministry. And Operation Andrew, there are five names put on that list on that box. Five people that you know who don't know Jesus. And your your your, your responsibility as a part of Church Triumphant and us being Tech is to continue to pray for those five names on that list, the five names on that sheet. Only pray for them that they come to know Christ, but pray that God would use you and give you opportunity, number one, to have a spiritual conversation with them. Number two, find a way to invite them and get them to the IWT event so they can hear the gospel plainly described from people who, who, who are athletes and, and performers and evangelists and missionaries and things of that nature. We're giving you a program, but if we not about the program, it's about you as the missionary. It's about you as the outreach mechanism. As church triumphant, we are called. You can see the sign up there. The the thing. When disciples send. everything we do around here needs to be encapsulated around those three words. Everything. This is a whole different feel than, than we had earlier today. And I don't know, really, that's kind of I don't know. I'm kind of I'm, 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 I'm amped up, but you know what? It's about us being the church. It's about us doing our role. All of us have friends and neighbors, co-workers, and sons and daughters, and aunts and uncles, and they, whoever, fill the list who don't know. And the impact of your life is what will make the difference. Right now, as we're praying, I want you, to, as we're getting to close, I want you to think. Maybe you can remember those five names on that list. Maybe you've not looked at it since when you put it on there. I want to tell you a story. Several years ago, in our home group, we started compiling a prayer sheet like once a month, every six weeks, every eight weeks. And what we asked our home group to do, our connection group, was we want want you to pray for specific things in our lives. And each each member would submit a couple, three things that we'd all concentrate on and pray about. Several years ago, I put the names of three people on that sheet one numerous times. Three people. And I just asked God to help us reach them to touch their lives with the gospel. I didn't know how that would transpire. And I asked God just to save them. That was my big dojo. I just get them. Say, I don't care how you do it, just get them, get them into the kingdom, touch them. You know what's amazing? Two of them sit right here every Sunday morning now, usually first service. The other one, just in the last few weeks, have made a commitment to Christ, their son. Why do you tell me that, Aaron? Because it started with prayer, and then it, started, then it, it continued with, an, with, a, with a desire and an attitude just to see them change, and God used me, however, to reach them. Am I puffing myself up? No, I'm just giving you an example of how it works. When we do things the way Jesus does things, it works. When we abide by his principles, it works. And so we've talked about why it's important to corporately pray. We talked about why it's important to be outreach focused. i got an example why those two things work really well together and why, we should, why all of us should be involved in that. Because you know what? I can't preach the message the way you could to the people you work with or, or know every day, people you interact with, your family members. I can't, I can't, I can't talk their language sometimes, but you're around them. You know them. You know different things about the needs that they have and the, the, the issues they, they go through. And God would use you. He absolutely would use you to affect their lives. When I've been doing that, nothing's happened. You know what? Just hang in there. Galatians chapter 6 says this. If we don't lose heart, we'll reap. And if we sow to the Spirit, we'll of the Spirit reap life everlasting for a brother, for a sister, for a son, a daughter, a neighbor, a coworker, Don't lose heart. Keep plugging away. What I want you to do, close your eyes real quick with me. If you can remember your sheet, your Operation Andrew sheet, I want you to think of those names real fast. If you weren't here, think of the names of people you know in your life that don't know Christ. And say, Jesus... How do I reach them? How do I touch them? How do I affect their lives for you? Got them locked in? I want you to stand with me. Right here. I want you to connect hands clear across the building. I know I got you all weirded out, and you're not sitting with your spouse necessarily or your family or whatever. I'm going to weird you out some more. Let's corporately pray for those people right here, right now. Let's corporately do what the Bible says, and let's ask God to do something great in their lives. I don't know their names; you know their name, but we'll all agree together that God will do that. Because I, I want to be a concert of prayer. You want that concert? That means there's many instruments making 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 noise all at the same time. You get what I'm saying? So just to hear my voice, I want to hear. I want to be able to hear at least other voices. I don't be able to distinguish them myself. God will be able to. Okay. Think of those names. Think of those people. Think of those lives. And then pray that God would touch their lives and that he would make a way for you to have a, have a contribution to that. Are you with me? Jesus, we come together right here, right now, Lord. And, God, we all have people in our lives, God, who don't know you, who don't walk with you. Lord Jesus, who are struggling, who hurt. God, who some of them think their life is okay and they're still lost. And they're, 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 they're without you, God, they have no hope, no future, no eternity. And so, God, today, right now, Lord, we lift them up to you, Jesus. And we ask, God, for your life and your blessing to be given to them. Lord, I, I right now, when I think of my Uncle Randy, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, your blessing would be upon him. I think of my neighbor, and his wife Sandy, Lord Jesus, and I ask you, God, to touch their lives. I ask you, God, to grab a hold of their hearts, Lord. I pray, Jesus, I pray, God, for the the family that's living with them, Mike and his children. Lord, I pray, God, that you would use me and my family in some capacity, Lord, to reach these, God, with the gospel. Lord, open the doors, set the stages. They can hear you. God, send other people across their path right now, Lord God, who can speak words of life, words of hope, and words of strength. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I yield myself to the work of your Holy Spirit. And if there's some way this week, God, I can be of influence and impact and help to them, Lord God, to help them come to understand you better, then right now, Lord, I yield myself to you, Jesus. And if you ask me to change my schedule, if you ask me, God, to, to stop what I'm doing and, God, go see them or make the phone call, Lord, or, or just go out of my way to provide a need, then, God, I will do that. I'll give you my wallet to make that happen. Lord, I'll give you, I'll give you my, my energy, my, 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 my tears, or whatever it takes. I ask you to do that, Jesus. Lord, we pray for a harvest in the kingdom today for the people of Church Triumphant. These prayers represent sons and daughters, God, who don't yet walk with you. Lord Jesus, these prayers represent mothers and fathers. God, they represent aunts and uncles and grandparents and nieces and nephews and neighbor kids. Lord God, without you touching them, God, we don't know how they're going to be changed. But Lord, with your power and with your strength, God, move supernaturally in our lives to make something happen for them. Jesus, we ask for that. Lord, we don't want to be just about doing church. God, we want to be about being the church. Lord God, use us greatly in the kingdom. Usually, Use us greatly, God, for your, for your glory and for your name. God, we're nothing, but God, through you, we can do everything. Your scriptures tell us that we can do all things through Christ. Lord Jesus, do your work. God, I pray for divine intervention this week, Lord, for these people. Not for the people we prayed for, but for the people standing in front of me, Jesus. That suddenly, and maybe without notice, God, they'll find themselves in a situation where they can speak life and hope and prayer and strength over over these people, Lord. God, let it happen and let it be glorious. Let it be amazing. And God, for these, I ask you to meet every one of them where they are. I pray, Jesus, that, God, they have great need in their families and in their, in their lives and in their wallets and in their pocketbooks and in their homes with their children and all sorts of things, God, and as they seek to meet the needs of others, I pray, Jesus, you would meet them exactly where they are, that, Jesus, your power will be poured out upon them, your blessing and the awareness of who you are and your presence in their lives would overtake them this week, Jesus. God, you can make it happen, and we pray that you would. Lord, we tr- we want to this day live by Romans 12, 1. We present ourselves to you, God, today as living sacrifices. And we pray, Jesus, you would help us to be what you need us to be. We give ourselves to you fresh and new today, Lord. We honor you and we bless you, Jesus.